0: Welcome back to the Section K Podcast. Today is Tuesday, May the 26th. After a brief hiatus, we are back with an interview with an NRCHA Million Dollar Rider and co-host of the popular podcast, Cowhorse Full Contact. Mr. Chris Dawson joins the Section K Podcast today to talk about Dawson Performance Horses and getting cowhorse full contact an awesome podcast if you haven't heard it off the ground so be sure and head on over to the Apple podcast app or the Spotify app and get your cowhorse full contact fix as soon as possible once again big thanks to Chris for coming on the show this week This episode is brought to you by Western Bloodstock. Western Bloodstock conducts all of the sales at the NCHA and NRCHA major events in Fort Worth, Texas. Whether you're looking for a ready-made show horse, broodmares, or your next young prospect, Western Bloodstock has many options available to fulfill your performance horse needs. At this year's 2020 NCHA Summer Cutting Spectacular, be sure to check out the Mid-Year Cutting Horse Sale, including the Rocking Pea Ranch production sale. The consignment deadline for the sale at the NCHA Summer Cutting Spectacular is going to be June 15th, so be sure to get those consignments in as soon as possible, and be sure not to miss out on that awesome sale that's going to be taking place at the Will Rogers Memorial Center in conjunction with the 2020 NCHA Summer Cutting Spectacular. Like I said, be sure to check out their Facebook page, Western Bloodstock LTD, or visit their website, www. (coughs) Dot westernbloodstock.net <coughs> ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the section K podcast we have a special guest with us today uh, he's an NRCHA million dollar rider he's been a champion the NRCHA open Derby as well as a NRCHA open stakes champion riding the great stallion traveling Jones uh, more so recently probably saw him in the world's greatest horseman finals this past was it February I guess? And uh, you've also heard him on the airwaves with the Cow Horse Full Contact podcast, Mr. Chris Dawson. Welcome to the show. How are you, man? Thanks, K.
1: Rudman. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's
0: awesome to finally sit down with you. We wanted to get you on there around the Futurity. You came and showed at the the NCHA Futurity and getting the Cow Horse Full Contact podcast off the ground. uh, That is yourself, Russell Dilday, and producer... Ben Self, uh, you guys do a fantastic job uh, putting out cow horse content and promoting the Rain Cow Horse event through and through. So, man, how are things going with the COVID-19? Your recent new father
1: kind of give us an update uh, how things are going, man. Yeah, no, it's been great. Really, we've uh, embraced the COVID with open arms. We've got to stay around the house. It's been a real blessing for us because with the kid being born, we've been able to kind of just shut down and, you know, get horses worked and not have to worry. My wife only missed one horse show. And uh, Yeah, she's a trooper. Missed 16 days to have a kid, two days before and 14 after. So she is back to soldiering on and ready to hit up Scottsdale here in a couple weeks.
0: Yeah, the NRCHA Derby got uh, moved to Scottsdale, Arizona. Going to be taking place June 7th through 14th. I'm sure you guys are super excited uh, to get back in the show pen. Um, before we kind of talk Dawson performance horses and some cow horse full contact stuff, kind of tell our listeners, um, a little bit about yourself, how you got
1: involved in the horse industry. Uh, so third generation horse trainer, my folks, um, I grew up, they were training Appaloosas did the all around deals, so we trained them for all events, you know, showed in the lead line, showed in the walk trot. Um, shoot my first, uh, my first formal lesson was actually a uh, you know, hunt seat lesson in alabama so that was pretty cool like i mean so i don't know i have a lot of respect for other events you know like say that's a it's just been kind of my deal i like to try a lot of a lot of different stuff i think it uh, doesn't do nothing but make you a better horseman
0: yeah it's crazy to see how many successful not only NRCHA trainers but cutting horse trainers uh too that have competed in western pleasure or any other aqha classes like those do you think um getting that start helped with your overall showmanship, horsemanship, and just training in general, uh, with the eventual cow horse discipline that you eventually started focusing on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, uh, I, I almost feel bad for the kids today that are growing up in these specialized events to where, uh, you know, talking about me having a kid, like we're already thinking, you know, if she wants to ride later on that she's probably gonna go hang out with my mom and do some Appaloosa stuff. And do all the events, you know, and do some different stuff. Because I just feel like that background is irreplaceable. And, you know, like I say, you get a horse in training and they send it to be a pleasure horse. Well, it's not – doesn't look very good. So you can go do another event with it. And, and like I say, just that finding that place for that horse instead of necessarily trying to hammer that square peg into that round hole. Well, I'm being used to just competing and showing. I'm
0: sure showing in the AQHA stuff and the Appaloosa classes too – um, you showed probably 20 times a day and, uh, all the, all the all around stuff. And you're just used to being under pressure, being kind of, uh, in the, in the bright lights and, and being under the gun. So
2: I think that's a, another really cool thing too. So your first lesson was a hunt seat lesson in Alabama. How did that evolve into your being a million dollar rider in the NRCHA?
1: Well, you know, when we were there in Alabama, we uh my stepdad at the time he was shoeing some horses for this warm blood place and this guy was there he used to been an olympic coach i don't remember his name i think i was seven eight years old something like that and so they'd take me over there when he'd shoe and he'd give me lessons on them things and i think basically the reason i did it was because we had a hunt seat horse that needed sold, and so the little miniature jockey was instructed to learn how to ride english more and so that's uh you know but it was cool because like i say i mean i think all that stuff is it, it doesn't do anything but help it help you you know you're riding around an english saddle i mean you want to talk about insecurity you get on them rascals and there's nothing under you like you uh, really would probably feel better bareback because you feel like you just got enough attached to you to get yourself in a jam yeah absolutely (laughs) you know and so like i say i mean it's just all that stuff that i mean from riding the western pleasure horses and and delving into these things you just learn so much more about how what a horse does and how to get them to do stuff and how to you know hopefully get a hold of their brain a little bit
2: and who was the first cow horse trainer that you went to work for
1: so um, my stepdad, Jim Jarkowski, he trained some cow horses in the Appaloosa business when I was in high school, and that was kind of my first exposure to it, and I showed a couple of times, maybe five or six times, I'd shown a cow horse before I went to work for Todd Crawford in 2000. And then, after
2: working for Todd's, you went to Carroll's mm-hmm. at some point? And... Yep,
1: yep, no, I'm four years at Todd's, and four years, a little over four years at Carroll's, and then, uh yeah when I was at Carol's, I got to be around Robbie Boyce was head trainer. when I went there and then I worked with different guys there between guys that she'd hire to come in and help Don Murphy, Jim Paul. I mean, the list go Ron Rawls, the list goes on. And then, uh, yeah, well, I've had two jobs in my life, Cody, and I've been fired from both of them. And so, uh, in '08, I uh, went on my own forcibly <laughs> and started my own business. If you're your own boss, you can't get fired. Well, you hope not. You hope not. I, there's been days. There's been days I've had. I've had second thoughts about that. I feel like if there's one
0: spot that he could get fired, it maybe could be Dawson Performance. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that Absolutely. that's the only possibility. Boss lady's back in the saddle, yeah. too. Oh so. yeah, she's around. <laughs> Well, that brings me to my next point. Dawson Performance Horses located in Perrin, Texas now. Uh, when you went out on your own, have you guys always been kind of here in the Weatherford area? No,
1: actually, uh, you know, we kind of – I went on my own in Whitesboro, a place called J.A. Ranch there on 82, and then, uh, oh, I guess I was there a couple of years, and then Robbie Boys took uh, the job at Cowan's, and he had his place in Jacksboro, and so I leased that from him for a couple of years. And then from there, we went up to uh, Don Murphy's place in Oklahoma. And by now, Sarah had kind of showed up, and we'd moved in up yonder. And then we moved to Aubrey and rented a place for two years and found this place for sale down here. And so hopefully the uh, permanent home. Perrin, wit, kind of heaven on earth, if you ask me. Oh, especially in the corona days. I mean,
2: don't forget Lipan.
1: Lipan's up there, (laughs) too. Y'all ain't
2: been over there, but I'm going to tell you what. Well, I paint. Ain't a bad place to be. Ain't pee. a bad spot. <laughs> it is not.
1: Yeah, the Walmart and Mineral Wells. God's and, Country. And Woody's Cheeseburgers. Right. What else do you I'm need? I'm feeling like this is a pretty good place for a. Like, if we do have a zombie apocalypse or whatever, I feel like we have enough network out here and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and the proximity to uh, things that we need. Proximity to nothing, really. I mean, if that that's makes sense. that's my point. That's yeah. it. Right there. Yeah. So, living in,
0: in training there in Parent, Texas, you had a a pretty good horse um, in the year 2013 uh, by the name of Travelin' Jones. You went on to win three major NRCHA events, um, have gone on to ride a handful of his offspring, and you guys have promoted that stallion a fair bit here over the, the last few years. I know you've caught my eye there at the NCHA Futurity. Uh, they're the last couple of years bringing horses sired by Travelin' Jones and shown in the Open Futurity, which I think is super cool. Talk a little bit about him and what he means to your program and your business and just you as a horseman in general.
1: You know, that horse kind of came along at the perfect time. Um, He showed up there. I was struggling around and, you know, making a living, but, you know, trying to work on that confidence, you know, and then that horse showed up, and he gave you the confidence because, I mean, you had to mess up to not win, really. And so that horse just really kind of put me on the map right there and was able to... Take everything to another level so i thought and you know i had about three horses in those years that i was going down the road making the finals pretty consistently on and really business wasn't picking up a lot which was kind of strange because i was like man i'm like getting it wait a minute maybe it's the lifestyle (laughs) but anyway when sarah came along everybody uh then they decided that maybe i was worth gambling on a little bit and uh so it was nice to have a have a new chaperone. <laughs> I'm sure that's what she loves to be classified as, yeah. is Chris's chaperone. Yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah, well, and it took them just a minute to figure out that she outshowed me too. But the first year or two, they, they you know, and now it's it's full on they would just soon they they really hope that i when they talk to me that they're like well how's sarah like my horse <laughs>
0: <laughs> no but in all seriousness having having someone like your wife and she had two of her own horses in the open snaffle bit fraternity finals this last year and i mean really could have won it had she not had that little bobble there was in the that fence horse work.
1: by traveling no, no that hickory was that that was a yep. Yep. that was a hickory holly time out of traveling jones's mother Oh, okay yep
0: so when people decide to send a horse to Dawson Performance Horses, do they send it to one of you guys or they send it to the program and kind of let you guys
1: decide, or how does that how does that kind of work? We have had a little bit of both. We've had a little bit of both. For the most part, is they send to the program. When they have sent us horses specifically, it's funny, like we've tried to stay with that if that's what they want to do. But then if something is not jiving and not working right, we'll swap. And so really, I think, I think that's really only happened once. Like one customer sent like, Hey, we think this one for her and this one for you. Well, a year later we had swapped and it was actually working better like that. And so basically they, everybody's pretty well just, you know, whatever, whatever gives that horse the best shot to win is what we're going to do, which is the cool thing about it. Because like I said, you're getting two open riders for the price of one. And so You know, if it kind of dumps out of one deal and somebody's not, you know, you get, because you have those deals where there's the personality clash, you know, and I mean, it's not that somebody does something better or, you know, but everybody's just a little different. And so that's super cool to be able to have that resource
0: yeah and you look at just how your styles complement one another you were able to just hop on one of her horses here at the world's greatest horseman if I'm um, correct Uh, shine smarter went went ahead and won the prelims in the fence work Uh, what's your your mindset and what's your thought process whenever you're just hopping on one of her horses and going and showing it rather than preparing it and training it and and getting it ready for those events
1: well I'm a lot better in the show pen than I am at home anyway (laughs) so I'm kind of one of those horses that a lot of people would have sent home probably but sometimes I can step up on One of show those day. Guys would have put in a little time,
2: <laughs> had the extra time right. to put in on you. Yeah,
1: is what you're telling. Us.
2: Yeah, I got
1: you. But uh, no, I mean she's such an easy follow there that, yeah, that's just that's gravy. I think uh, before that horse show, I was looking like I think I've caught rode five horses for, and I think I've made the finals in all five of them. <laughs> so at whatever event it was, I was showing. So I'm really trying to convince her just to train them and when I'll show up with my leggings. But haven't got her convinced of that just yet well time time time. so
0: are you like more wound up are you like wanting to do better for her like is it just like hey like
1: what let's do this like all the i know this is gonna go well like what what are you thinking pretty much i mean i i would like i think there's a little more pressure there when it's on when it's hers but like i said they're so easy and you know and, and our relationship is so good that i know that it's okay Right. I mean, and that's the beautiful thing about being married and having that stability in your life that knowing that how you do at this horse show really has no bearing on it. And so you just go horse show. And like I say, I think that once I learned to stop trying so hard in general showing, it got a lot easier. And that's probably the biggest thing I see young people making, you know, they get them ready and then they just don't believe in what they're doing when they go horse show. I mean, that's
2: a completely different dynamic than. I guess most of everybody is listen, that's listening is used to. I mean, to have two trainers in the same barn, especially the caliber of yours and Sarah's. That sleep in the same bed. Out, exactly. <laughs> some days. So, okay, some <laughs> days. Well, I mean, you just had a kid, so I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Your shift sometimes. All right, that's it. That's it. But uh, how does, I mean, because as, as horse trainers, and I've seen it, all my life growing up and the way i have you always are looking at that horse like why is that ho- or why do what can be fixed on this horse how does that work on a day-to-day basis with you and sarah together every day because i'm sure you're sitting there watching her horses thinking man if this horse did this do you tell her or how does that work i guess every day
1: you know basically we try and and it was de- definitely a learning learning curve when we started working together but for the most part if one of us wants the other one's opinion we ask for it mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that way it, it stays constructive right because it's no different than if you you know you're working horses with the buddy at a horse show or whatever i mean you don't want necessarily want him to comment on every turn that that horse made with a cow right like if you got something going on you're like man i got there's just something here in this left turn can you see what's going on and that's basically the same conversation that we'll have there at the house and we just really try and respect each other's boundaries right there you know and if one of us wants some help we'll ask for it and like i say but the eyes are always there and available And that's such a cool thing because I know for the longest time, I'd get so much better going to a horse show when I was riding with some of my friends and we could bounce things off like, man, you're picking at this, but it looks pretty good. Or you're not even worrying about this. And it looks like that's fixing to bite you in the hind parts. Mm -hmm. And so it's just super cool to be able to have that resource at your fingertips every day. Absolutely.
2: And that's just something that we're not used to in, in the horse industry. I mean, there's, there's, you're one of a kind. I mean, you and Sarah are absolutely one of a kind in, in that aspect because it's, it's a very tough and to be as successful as you guys have been. I mean, it's, it's amazing for me to watch and, and learn. And I mean, especially like watching you help her in the show pen in the herd work or whatever it is. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely mind blowing to me because of the industry we grow up in
1: right yeah i don't really watch cows with her too much i just i kind of let her and aaron tell me what we're going to cut and then i try and find them but yeah. yeah. i try to not to, i try not to do too much cow picking unless there's just something i'm like hey that i don't i don't think that one's very good <laughs> but for the most part that's a yeah that's on them and like i say i usually try and get her input on what cows to cut they uh they'll slip around there them girls will slip around there and pick some pretty good cows on you if you're not careful
2: yeah absolutely I've dealt with that in the (laughs) (laughs) non-pro.
0: So give us a little glimpse in the day-to-day activities um, at Dawson Performance Horses, obviously um, with a full barn of uh, NRCHA cow horses, and then obviously you've been training some cutting horses here and there. Um, How do you break down your schedule um, on any given work week?
1: Yeah, well, so we have an indoor cutting pen, and so a lot of our schedule is a little bit dependent on the weather. So if we've got fresh cows and dry ground, we're going down the fence. And that kind of supersedes everything. And then, you know, when the weather gets bad, if we need to haul and rain, then we can. Or if it's rained and we've got fresh cows, then we cut. And, you know, and so I know there's a lot of guys that do three days of each event in the cow horse. And I've heard a lot about that and read a lot of articles about that. Um, I don't – I try not to subscribe to that just for the weather aspect of it. Because like I say, sure enough, if that's your – If you're here in Texas where the weather is so variable and you stick yourself onto that schedule, well, next thing you know, you've just cut in your indoor on three dry days and now you want to go rain or go down the fence and now it's raining like a son of a gun. Well, you've just shot your whole schedule completely in the foot. So, like I say, if it's dry, you can usually find us in that outdoor pen ripping them down that wall. (laughs)
0: Well, that's like incredible time. (laughs) That's incredible time management. Just because you think about, I'm sure you wake up certain days and you don't necessarily want to do one thing, but your schedule and you know, you need to do this or that or whatever. And I I just can't imagine having two different sets of three-year-olds. You have your cow horses for the snaffle bit. And then, I mean, you look at all these NCHA trainers that want to pull their hair out when September, October, November rolls around. It's just the stress levels that come along with these uh, fraternities how, how do you guys handle that?
1: You know, Caden, it's just, like I say, I guess it's just a matter of I don't know that that time is any more important than any of the rest of the time. You know, to be honest with you, it's just, and if you lose your mind in those times, it probably is not going to go very good anyway. And so like I say, when I, I think I like to think that my strong suit is like them last two weeks to a month before the fraternity and, and, and for the snaffle bit. Now, I made comment last year that like for the cutting, I'm like, man, I can't wait till I can feel like this about the cutting. Cause I mean, <laughs> I got I mean, whoo, that cutting it'll pucker you up a little bit. But like I say, that last, last two weeks before the snaffle bit, there's nothing you're gonna do. They're trained as they're gonna be. And you just need to make sure that they're as confident as they can be in you, so that you can be as confident as you can be in them, and you can go get the money. Because if you're worried about every little thing and how everything feels at that point in the time, you're you're probably gonna be on the outside looking in.
0: We had a pretty good seat this year at the NCHA Futurity to see the level of competition in any other year. You're safely in those limited open finals. I think you missed it by like a half a point or something right there mm-hmm. toward the end of the, of the go round kind of got bumped. But I just remember, I think you marked like a 17 and a half in the second round, had a fun, fantastic run um, at a super tough NCHA Futurity. And uh, I, that's, that's where I initially saw you. I think it was, might've been 18 um, showing a horse sired by Travelin Jones at the Futurity. You might've, Did you slip in the limited finals that year?
1: No, I made limited finals one time at the Summer Spectacular on Traveling Jones, and that was a ton of fun. That was the only time I've showed up at a big cutting and got to pull the donator sticker off of my forehead. (laughs) And so looking forward to me doing that again. So last year I ended up with my first finalist. It was an unlimited amateur finalist. And so I was like, man, that's not really how I had it. Pictured being my first NCHA finalist, but I'll take it. So, Shout out to Sherry Kagan for – you know, buying that horse and uh, taking a swing on it and getting it in the finals for me.
2: What is it like having, I mean, you had some snaffle bit fraternity finalists and then also having a horse like that that you had, had some success on and then also watched it have some success on with your amateur, unlimited amateur finalists? What is it like having that kind of a horse and, and also just balancing the training of. Sh- training a cutting horse and a cow horse
1: well so a little bit about that horse is his name was cbr jayhawk manor and i bought him at the sale the year before from thad cox and thad had him super super tied to a cow i mean a cow meant so much to him it was unbelievable so um, i would bought him there at the sale and then sold him to a friend of mine justice larson and he kept him there at the house and we got him trained up and it was kind of one of those deals we didn't give a ton for him and it was. Kind of just a fun deal, right? And I just kept him tied to that cow. And I mean, I just tried to, eat. I tried to not let the mechanics override the flow and the relationship between him and that cow. And it was probably the only one so far that I've trained that I've done that with. And we got in there to August and I'm really, like I say, still, it's just kind of a goof. And we went to a pre-work and I had Farron over there. And I worked this one. He's like, well, this one's got a ton more training than the rest of these things and this and that. I'm like, "Fairness this is my greenest one, man. I'm like, I can't really. And he's like, and this is, by, I guess, about August. And he's like, well, it looks like you maybe need to train the rest of them like that. And I was like touche well and from august on he, that horse just kept building and kept building and kept building and like I say i had took him to just a couple of pre-works and he every time i hauled him to town he gave me a lot of confidence that he was going to be a little better when we got to town and i put a ton of stock in that no matter what event you know how are they going to be when they go to town it doesn't really matter how they feel they at the house and them judges don't get to feel them anyway it's the ones that answer on show day so
0: so do you think showing out the fraternity made you better for the celebration of champions when that rolled around right
1: there at the first of the year? Absolutely. No, the cutting, the more I show in the cutting, the more comfortable I feel walking through that herd. And that's really, oh, I think that really probably has a, the most benefit as far as crossing over between the cutting and the cow horse is just your manipulation of the herd and getting comfortable moving around in that herd and how to get cut and how to set yourself up for success in that situation the actual working of the cow and everything else uh, you know it's they're different events and you have to remember that they're different events and there's not one that's easier than the other but it's just you got there's a different set of priorities in each one
0: well, being at the, at the world's greatest and
1: having a front-row seat
0: um, there with your producer, uh, the help of his family getting us tickets, um, big thanks to them. We were able to see firsthand um, coming over from the Will Rogers Memorial Center and going straight into the rainwork. Um, how do you adjust uh, doing that? Because I think that's the most intriguing thing is um, you're working out of the herd and then all of a sudden
1: everything is forward, 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 not two hours later. Right. Yeah, well, the world's greatest is a, that's in its own beast right there. I mean, so the mare I showed there, she is really good in the herd. Like, she can be she can be fours in the herd. I've been fours. I've won NCHA classes on her being fours. I mean, she's a legit kind of a horse right there. Now, when you show in that world's greatest, though, in them finals, like you say, you've got four events that are going to take place in two and a half hours. So you have to kind of give a little here and take a little there. And so if you got to show them maybe a little fresher than you would like to show them in that herd, maybe it keeps you from getting her really screwed down the way you wanted in that herd, you know. So I wasn't terribly happy with how everything went in the herd work on her. I think I marked a 14 or something and kept three cows away from the herd, but that was about it. And I'm like, man, she can be so much better. But I knew I had to leave her a little bit fresher because at the end of the night, that's what it's going to be. And so, like I say, you walk out of there and you're a little downtrodden. And then you just kind of regroup and make, well, we survived it. And, you know, my buddy John Swales, he won it a couple years ago with a 207 in the herd work. And I was like, I'm seven points ahead of where John was. We all right, let's take another run at it. And so then we go make up some ground in the rain work. And everything was, you know, back on top. And then just one little barrier break away from... One little piece of yarn. One stupid little cotton yarn. I don't know. That was obviously <laughs> threaded by, I don't know, some invalid. Had to have been. Invalid children it's in a sweatshop somewhere. It's a fluke.
2: But your buddy, John Swales.
1: But my buddy, John Swales, <laughs> he come back and whooped, us up, whooped up on us again. A little
2: two-time
1: world's greatest horseman champion right there.
2: That's an unreal event.
1: Oh, so much fun. Dude, it's the funnest event. It is the funnest event that I've ever shown in, in any discipline Anywhere. I mean, it is. I mean, just the prelims of it, it's just. I, I can't even describe it. From a spectator standpoint, I like
0: love. I mean, every single World's Greatest Horseman Finals I will be at because, like you said, you can watch four different events in a span of three, four hours. And not only that, like you mentioned, breaking the barrier, when else can you come see Call Me Mitch or Duel's Lucky Charm or Shine Smarter, a bunch of these other horses? rip it out of the chute and steer stop. I mean, that to me is one of the most impressive things is seeing these horses uh, stop these steers because that's not easy to do.
2: Well, and in my opinion, like being on a horse that can do that kind of stuff, I mean, I've been on a lot of horses and I've rode a lot of horses, showed a lot of horses, but being on a horse that can actually like do everything, like that's unreal to me because that's so hard. Because I've been on really, really great cutting horses and I've watched these other horses and it's just, it's an unreal event. It's crazy to think that these horses are that handy, I guess. And these people that ride them can present them in the best way. Right. And that's why I love that thing. And I'm I'm with you. I'll be there. I'm trying to,
0: I'm trying to pick up the roping hobby, kind of a new hobby with the Corona going on. And I've roped on some of my flunked out cutters and getting on a really good rope horse, one that really rates a steer good and you can really feel how good like to me i felt both ends of the spectrum and having one that you can go cut on and one that you can swing a rope on that you can also go mark a four on like that <laughs> And I've, then run down the i've fence never, never
2: slide for 17 feet too seen
0: or been around a horse like that so i'm just jealous that people get to ride it and then you look at the youth like they're they're 16 17 and showing horses that i'm like dude trail towns and just let me walk that horse out please <laughs> right. i just want to cool him because down as a once. horseman to
2: me that's like the ultimate horse like the one that can do everything i mean you work cows on a ranch it's drag calves yeah whatever take
0: Brandon, him to the horse show do yeah. whatever you want
1: and right that's, and that's exactly what that is well and that's the deal you know and i don't know i don't know that those horses are that few and far between i think the mindset of the entire culture right now with all the specialization it's like well i'm gonna cut on this horse i'm never gonna let him go follow it around or i'm gonna rain on this horse he's never gonna see a cow or a rope it's gonna scare him and it's gonna blow his mind my dude all our two-year-olds i mean we're like they're getting something's roped dragged i mean just do whatever like they're all horses and if you can't go do the job on them they don't need to be anything and then as we get closer Shoot, last year at the fertility, what was it? 18. I had a horse. I was having a little heck with him the last month before the fertility. Eddie Howard owned him. And I'm like, man, I don't know what to do. So I just went to doctor an eyes on him. I doctor four eyes on him every day. Like, time off to the cow, get off, make him hold the cow down while I doctor and eyes on him every day for two weeks. I doctor four eyes and go down the fence twice. That's all I did on him the last two weeks for the fertility. He won fourth of the And so, I mean, you can do stuff on them, but I mean, like you say, but really until you get yourself in a situation where like I have nothing to lose because it's terrible right now, like you're not going to take that chance. But I mean, the best I mean, shoot, the last time, oh, I guess it wasn't the last time, but I made the Rams 30 finals. And I was up there staying at Robbie Boyce's and before the first round I go up there and I treat them like rainers. And I go up there for three or four days and I rain on them and I run, stop them and I circle them. Well, I spent all year turning back on them and just riding them. And I think I mark like a 17 and a 14 or something in the first round on these two horses. I go back to Robbie's. I don't even go back to the city. Maybe one night before the second round. And I just used them. Just turned back on them, turned them out, just rode them. Like made sure maybe my lead departure was there. Other than that, no raining training. And I go back up there and mark like a 22 and a 21 on them, make the open finals on one, the intermediate finals on the other. I'm like, man, if I'd have done that for the first round, I'd have made the open finals on both of these rascals, you know? But like I say, but guys just get so scared to do that because it's just like we have to have them so dialed, so dialed. And I don't know. I think sometimes that can uh, kind of dull the blade a
0: little. Bit. One, two, being a horse trainer, you see how much your client has invested in whatever the next event is and it's like if you if you were to have a little hiccup at the next event it's i'm sure in the back of your mind like oh is it because i took that horse and doctored eyes on is that why
1: he was bad i mean you you can't help but fight your head on that kind of stuff i'm sure yeah no i really just try and like as long as i'm doing a job on them and like i say i have three pillars to my training program and it is stop steer and rate and as long as i'm not violating any of those three things i'll do whatever i feel like doing on them things that day
2: was uh CBR Jayhawk. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Yep. Was he originally gonna be a cow horse or was he always gonna be a cutting horse? Well
0: yeah, like when do you decide and, yeah, to be the, like, hey, this is yeah. this is I'm gonna and cow horse this one or I'm gonna I'm gonna show this one as a cutter.
1: So, <laughs> I don't know how much you guys are gonna want to hear this, but I'm really looking forward to the day I get to show one at the cutting that would have snaffle bitted. <laughs> like that's gonna be an exciting day for me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got plenty of tape. Yeah. So yeah, we got plenty
2: of long drink too. It could it could happen. Right.
1: So yeah, no, that horse he was uh like you say, he was super concerned about a cow and he stopped good. But he wasn't the greatest loper. And he wasn't maybe the uh, didn't maybe lope around with the most natural collection. And so I was like, I mean I got him home with the thought of cutting on him or seeing what he was. And it didn't take me very long to figure out that he was going to be a cutting horse.
0: So, you guys took a pretty big step here after the Snaffle Bit Faturity. Uh, yourself, Russell Dilday, and Ben Self fired up the Cowhorse Full Contact podcast, which I've really enjoyed listening to. The cold call episode was kind of similar to our um, little super pod we did, calling a handful of our uh, NCHA trainers. So, talk a little bit about the origin of Cowhorse Full Contact, um, how the idea came about, and. Really, just how much fun you guys have had um, putting out content uh, related to cow horse stuff.
1: Well, they say imitation is the best form of flattery. And Ben Self, he, when he uh, originally asked me about it, he says, hey, have you heard the Section K podcast? I'm like, yeah, the guys are awesome. He's like, well, I want to do something like that for the cow horse. And so that's kind of what we did. And so, like I say, we really were just sitting around in the room that night and wanted to experiment, not knowing with what the COVID and everything had in store for us. And we wanted to just practice on the phone and see what some of the sound was like, and so we just hit the cold call deal, and then we ended up releasing it, but uh, just kind of for fun, really. But no, it's been a super, super good time. Um, You know, we try and we get together like once a month or so, and we record for a whole day is how we do it. And so that's why there's not a lot of news, there's not a lot of current events on it because we're never really sure when it's going to get released. So if the current release ones that we've done with Allison, we've kind of done them and then knocked them right out. But for the most part, we just have kind of a pile of them in the tank and kind of release them as is.
0: Well, that's what I thought was really neat, was seeing the Cowhorse Full Contact Facebook post when obviously you knew Sarah was going to be induced, uh, when you guys were going to have Hadley Grace that just hit the ground here about a month ago. Um, Just the lineup of content that you guys were going to be putting out over the next, what, five, six weeks. Um, I mean, to me, that's just like – what we all strive to have is just a, a Rolodex of awesome interviews. And just like having a three-part series with someone like Todd Crawford, who you mentioned you, you work for. What, right. what was the phrase you used said You yeah. worked for him for five years or whatever. Finished four up? years.
1: I didn't talk to him for five hours <laughs> in those four years. But we got him on the radio. Well, and just like getting those guys
0: that I'm sure, just like the cutting deal, you, you get these, these trainers that are – they have these larger than life personalities that, when you first get into it, like whenever I first, it's like you see Bo Galleon and Adon Banuelos Welos and Roger Wagner when he was big into it. That was one of the first people that I was like really like starstruck when I saw show, you know. And and you're able to like peel these guys back like an onion and really dig in deep and figure out who they are. And I'm sure with your interview, I haven't got to hear the third part with Todd Crawford, but I'm sure, um, like you just mentioned he probably doesn't he obviously doesn't talk very much so um just being able to get those guys in that environment it just it's so cool and it's so rare and that's what i heard the most with our adon Banduelos interview is like adon sure like the people that hang around the cuttings we all know him well i rode with him those guys taught me how to cut like i've known adon forever you high school rode with adon we have a pretty good rapport with adon but so many people were like man i didn't know i didn't know adon was like i didn't know he could talk like that i didn't know, like For me, that's the most rewarding part about
1: doing these podcasts. Yeah, we've had some response like that, too, like from Del Hendrix. You know, we've had a ton of, I mean, they're like, I didn't even know that guy had words. But, I mean, Del's awesome. And, you know, like I would said on that podcast, it was, uh, you know, I was scared to death the first time I went to ride with him and shoot this is a great guy you know and i've had a ton of that. ken wold we had a lot of that you know because i mean ken just it's kind of all business there at the horse shows you know and so for him to kind of get on there and cut loose and make people laugh and everything else it kind of just shocks people a little bit
0: when people like ken they're legends in your industry like yeah. those guys are the godfathers of of cow horse stuff and back in the day there wouldn't be an outlet like this to, right. to hear these anecdotes. You'd have to be sitting around a fire somewhere at someone's place or at a show to be able to hear some of these stories. And that's, what's cool about the technology and stuff nowadays. Yeah.
2: So what, I mean, I feel like you're one of those people. Obviously we wanted you to be on this podcast. You're one of those guys that what, that we want to interview. What made you want to get into the podcast deal and, and talk about the cow horse deal and, Russell as well, I mean, I wish we could have him on and ask him because I know living in California, I mean, he won the Magnificent Seven. I mean, how many times? Yeah. I remember the seeing world's The times. world's greatest three yeah. times. I mean, so what made you guys want to dive into this like that, You're what you're talking about being able to talk to Todd Crawford? You're putting yourself
0: drivers. out there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uncharted territory in your industry.
1: Yeah, you know, it was really just – I say, it was all Ben, really. I mean, he wanted to do it, and I thought, man, I just got to thinking, man, who, who else is going to do it, you know? And so I said, I'm not going to do this by myself, but if Russell will do it with me, we can go, because Russell is allergic to dead air, and <laughs> it's awesome. And I love doing that deal with him. But, uh, you know, but I just feel like there's so many cool stories. Like, that's the beautiful thing about the cow horse, because – And we talk constantly, always are hearing about the camaraderie in the cow horse, about how everybody's so welcoming, everybody's in a good mood. You know, I mean, yeah, it sucks when you lose, but you're over it in five minutes. And some of these stories that we would only get to hear sitting around the tack rooms, sitting in Reno, Nevada, they're having a cocktail with Don Murphy or whatever. They're just things that we wanted to get on the record for posterity really you know i mean and if it can promote the industry in the meantime then great but there's just a lot of historical stuff that we wanted to have some kind of a content with and it was you know we just felt like maybe that they would open up to guys like me and russell more so than they would a, a reporter type you know and i'll, say the, least. I'll, I'll <laughs> say the least i'll say the least so you know if we can you know, I know Ben talking to some other people that do the podcast say they have some trouble sometimes getting people on. And touch wood, we've, I mean, nobody's said no to us yet. And so, uh, you know, that's been, uh, it's been incredible. And, and like I say, just the access that I feel like we kind of have with these guys makes it uh, kind of a one-of-a-kind deal.
2: I agree. And that's, I mean, that's what we've talked about forever is just getting everybody involved, especially the ones that don't live at the epicenter, whether it's, you know, Reno, Nevada, for a long time for the cow horse deal, or now Fort Worth, Texas, just like it is for us for the cutting, and and that's that's the beauty of this and podcasting. I feel like I mean it's unreal because we know these people on an everyday basis. You compete against these people on an everyday basis, and or work for them, or yeah, and it's cool to talk to these people, like star athletes, because that's exactly what. It is, and that's what we're yeah, trying to promote. But they're still just
1: people. But they are. You know, and that's what I think gets lost sometimes. Because, like, say you think, well, that's that guy. I can't do that. Say, well, dude, I mean, everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody's just as worried about what somebody else is thinking as everybody else is. So
2: The only one that's not worried, or I guess, how's the saying go? Lloyd's still worried about his three-year-old. <laughs> right. <laughs> in yeah. October yep. or whatever it yep. yep. is. Probably not. but <laughs> Probably not, but <laughs> we can at least pretend that he is or yeah. hope that he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: So you talked about Sarah coming back, not really missing much time after the birth of your child, Hadley Grace. Uh, how has the schedule changed, uh, having a little
1: one on the ground now? Well, luckily weather's been uh, on our side here so far. We haven't had to start doing the night shifts, although I think we should have. My, uh, We kind of notoriously start at 8 o'clock at night and work till morning. And everybody says, you're not going to be able to do that with a kid. Well, I'm not really sure why because she really likes being awake at night. So I don't know why she couldn't just hang out at the arena and we could work at night because she sleeps the most of the part during the day. But, uh, no, it's really been pretty good. She, uh, I don't know, I don't really have anything to compare it to. But, uh, yeah, she sleeps two or three hours at a time, and we just kind of take turns on uh, who's with her.
0: I bet it's changed your outlook on some things, having a – Having, well, especially during all these craziness, just bringing in a new child into the world and amongst a pandemic is just, I can't imagine the thought process
1: uh, throughout all that. Yeah, that's a, yeah, you darn sure had some uh, <laughs> kind of some second thoughts about yeah. that. <laughs> you see where the world's headed and not with the uncertainty of where the world's headed. But uh, yeah, no, it's, you know, the perspective deal yeah it sure changes it, it my help likes it a lot better because there's some place that i would rather be than in the barn so now it's more it is a job and like i say i love what i do but i'm anxious to get to the house in the evening and see the kid where before the help was going slow didn't bother me any. i didn't have any place to be i'd work horses till 12 one o'clock didn't matter to me so now it's like hey let's get through these things and let's get them worked and on to the next one.
0: Yeah, talking about the uncertainty in the world. I was at Silverado yesterday, a little weekend cutting. Um, didn't see a single person cutting or helping in a mask. Uh, I did notice in Cave Creek, Arizona at the PRCA rodeo to compete, to be in the arena, you had to have on a protective mask at the PRCA rodeo to rope, to compete, anything. So, I think
2: the PBR has been the same Is way, that the
0: same way? um so yeah uh, heading out to scottsdale are you guys planning on changing anything as far as like going out to eat less or maybe making your own lunches at the stalls like are you guys going to change anything you think
1: so what we are doing is we are hauling our fifth wheel to scottsdale which ordinarily we would not do you know we either rent one or get a house or something like that but we're going to rent that that just so we're you know with the kid and everything i I really
0: Comfort of your own own home of sorts. That's
1: it, and so we're gonna do that. So that's kind of an added inconvenience, but other than that, you know, I think uh, obviously they're they say that we're gonna have be stalled in barns enough to where they can kind of keep a safe distance, and you know, I guess that's the PC thing to say is that uh, you have to be careful and be safe and try and take care of each other. So, Headland,
0: you haven't really shown too much in the cow horse, but you spent some significant time. Over the years at the AQHA World Show in Oklahoma City, you're actually an AQHA World Champion if I'm a two-time World Champion. Whoop, whoop. Uh, aboard the great stallion, <laughs> Metellus Cat. But this last year, you went up there and showed and helped some people in the cutting, and you also got to hang out with not only Chris Dawson, but a handful of other NRCHA cowhorse competitors and PRCA ropers. So talk a little bit about that, Hedlund. I'm sure Dawson has some stuff to add on this story too. <laughs>
2: Well, I feel like that's where Chris and I kind of first got acquainted. Um, Obviously, the Cow Horse, I've talked about it. Or, obviously, the Quarter Horse Show is one of my favorite events. Or, yes, because it's a lot of events, but all encompassing. Exactly. And it brings people together like Chris and I who know who each other are but never have become acquainted. And we got to hang out, and I got to watch him show in the ranch riding. Or no, I watched you studying in oh, the pattern. Oh, no,
1: I showed – yeah, I showed one in the ranch riding. I caught rode one yeah, from my man. but Brian
2: I I, I, n- I didn't get to watch you because we had to go to supper at Trappers. That's right, yeah. One of the best places in Oklahoma City to eat. Um, But it – I mean, that's where we – I mean, I feel like, one, you and I became acquainted, and also where you felt more comfortable <laughs> –
0: This is going to be a fun episode. People are going to love this. I'm just going to tell straight up. <laughs>
2: Start that over. <laughs> Where are you going with this? To ask me about the podcast, and then we started <laughs> sitting in massage chairs. Oh, yeah.
1: No, that was it.
2: I think the
0: pterodactyl just landed on your hat. Oh. Dude, I think you just killed that thing. Just stomp Did on you it. get
2: stung? Oh, it's right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he gets water. He's got
0: a hat on his head. We just murked a wasp on air. Murder,
2: murder hornets, Pterodactylus. murder right. hornets.
1: <laughs> Seriously, don't bring that COVID around here. We got the murder. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> that shit out of here. You can just leave it there. <laughs> Under the sink, Chris. Oh, to the left. To the
0: left. Yeah. To the left. One more. One more. One more. Right there. Throwing
2: away a murder. Oh.
0: Not only I is, feel like I
2: stand in front of the sink when I do it. So not only
0: what, is he a world's greatest horseman finalist in the year 2020, but he's a pterodactyl murder hornet killer as well. Absolutely. So thanks for that, Chris. Yeah, no worries. People I need to call my people. exterminator, obviously, <laughs> again. Oh, Jesus. See, so what, what about that doing? AQHA World Show? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you guys were at the AQHA World Show. You guys were getting acquainted <laughs> It's easy to be comfortable oh,
1: yeah. when you're laying in a massage chair. <laughs> you know, the great uh, thing about the Quarter Horse World Show is you get to be around people. guys from different disciplines. Absolutely. Some of my best friends are, do different stuff. And like this year, we got to hang out, and uh, it was really the first time me and you got to hang out, yep, absolutely. Yep. we? Absolutely. Yeah,
2: And we ended up trying to be massage chair salesmen. <laughs> because that was our deal we made with the we lady we
1: did. We were working on a sponsorship with the, <laughs> with the massage chair. when you really think about and it matt that's a genius idea can't forget and- cookie right yeah first time he's ever had a massage never had a massage matt cook i mean i thought that the chair was going to swallow the little skinny booger up yeah like all i could see was his beard and his yep. white shirt poking yep. out of this massage chair <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we tried like heck to sell some massage chairs cuz that's the way we were going to get them for free. Right. But we buy buying, <laughs> buying one a piece. However, we just bought one anyways. I bought
1: one for my wife for an anniversary present. That's what I, how I did mine and I have yep. no buyer's nah. remorse yourself? None. I'm in that I thing bought at mine least for myself. 3 times a week.
2: Yeah.
0: Cody How'd does, a lot, of, fun? Cody does like a lot of Cody does a lot of brainstorming from his massage chair.
2: Yeah.
1: Absolutely. No, she she likes it pretty good. Maybe not quite as much as I do. I really thought with her being pregnant that it would be mm. an excellent anniversary yeah. present. When the truck showed up and there was a massage chair, she was maybe not the most impressed she'd ever been with me. But once we got it unloaded and she sat in it and found out this was not just a normal massage chair, then kind of the tension subsided.
2: If I would have known you were gonna be a podcaster, I probably would have pitched this idea to her and maybe we could have got those massage chairs for free. <laughs>
1: right. We could have sold a lot of massage chairs.
2: We almost I mean, we were
1: we were trying.
2: Hey, anything for a free massage chair, but these ones were like free. It's
0: the highlight of my That's b- what they told us. I've never mean. been to the AQHA world show, but that's the highlight of the breeders invitational for me. Everybody that's been to the BI knows about I assume it's the exact style nope, of massage. Absolutely it's way different. Way it's different. It's
2: way better. Really? Don't even get us started on our pitch. Dude, those are yeah. awesome. Those, yeah, when those
1: these things get a hold awesome. of your ankles. <laughs> Mister, You can you Bluetooth
2: ain't. your music to your massage chair. Do you need another one? Exactly. When Cody
0: can play Joe Diffie straight through the speakers on Absolutely. his massage chair, it's a win.
2: Mullet still R. I. going R. I. On until COVID's. RIP. This mullet's, mullet's still going on yeah, until dude. COVID's done.
0: Long live the Joe Diffie mullet. Still, you're still rocking it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I'm, I've got the isolation. Yeah, I want to talk about some
2: cowhorse hairstyles for, too <laughs> as well.
1: So really, they all started. I really think that I had this a long time ago, and then they would always just cut it off. But I had it like in 2010 and 11. Well, now everybody thinks I'm copying Clave Ulmer.
2: Well, yeah, and that's what I've heard cuz he cuts it in January and then lets it grow out the rest of the well, year, right? For
1: the record, Clay pays a lot of money for that haircut. He
2: does. Yeah. Okay.
1: This is This is home-based right here, old son. Well, dude, through a pandemic, I'm very impressed. Right. Very impressed. So, yeah, I got the 40 blades for the shave. Shave mm-hmm. the face the 40 blades once a week. Do the head with the 40 blades once a month. And you're yeah. ready to go.
2: So this is terrible radio or podcast, whatever you want to call it. But to, just to give everybody a picture. It's the visual. It is it is high and tight on the sides, right? So uh, what is it on the sides? A 40 blade, what mm-hmm. is that, like a one? No, 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 no. no, no. I mean, in, in, in sports clips terms.
1: In sports clips terms, it's a no guard. No guard. Like, right, it's grown the out sides. right now. Yeah.
2: Okay. And then literally just around the top.
1: Yeah, approaching man bun on a- top. Approaching man bun. Okay,
2: so no clippers, 40-blade, scissors, anything that can cut anything has touched this
1: top in a in minute. a while. in yeah, a minute. it's been a while. But
2: everything from a little bit above the temple down,
1: I like to think of it as blood. like a prohibition haircut. You know, and mm. the guys, you know, and, and they – I get their see- hat and their hat had come off and their hair, yeah, down kind of a Peaky Sergeant Blinders, York Peaky Blinders, Peaky blinders I, yeah,
0: or like a modern uh, day barista in like the East Village in Manhattan <laughs> and New York, Lawless, Lawless, yeah, yeah, Tom that too. Hardy, oh, yeah. Shia LaBeouf, that
2: and too. these uh, a couple crazy brothers that they have. <laughs> right?
1: Have you met Howard? Howard, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, awesome.
2: So, anyways, hey, so
0: with this pandemic going on, we had Stephen Hayes with the APHA on. A while back, he used to be an employee with the NCHA, and one of the questions we asked him, this is going to be a two-part question for you, but if you had to pick four NRCHA trainers and four NCHA trainers to be quarantined with, had to stay with them for, what, if it was 14 days? 65 days, days 16, or what is whatever,
2: it? I mean, what is it? However long this has
0: been. If you Quarantine were going to be... Man. Yeah, because that's like a new – I feel like that's a new 2020 word that's going to just be around forever. Quarantine. That new normal. The other phrase I hate is social distancing. I absolutely despise that phrase. But if you had to pick – let's start out with the four in the NRCHA cow horse trainers that you would want to be quarantined
1: with. Uh, Well, I mean, a lot of times we go on vacation with like Anthony and Aaron Tormino and Lee and Ashley Deacon. And so – I can just crack those out. Matt Cook, I'd throw in there. Matt and Brianna Cook, like that's a pretty good quarantine team. That sounds like pretty good has horse training m- team. If and- Matt's
2: never had a massage, has he ever been on some sort of vacation? Like <laughs> he that? has.
1: I ha- I tried to get him to go with us to Florida this year, and he wouldn't go. But Brianna swore to me that he went somewhere and wore a pair of shorts because I'm pretty sure he doesn't own anything except a long sleeve white shirt and jeans. But she did say that she got him in a pair of shorts one time. What about NCHA trainers? This might be a little bit harder.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shout out Matt Budge across the street. Yeah. You better, you better
1: choose him, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I'll go with my neighbor Matt Budge, and I better go with uh, your neighbor Shane Ashley Carlin because yep. she delivered my kid here a month ago. So and then I'll she and she'd <laughs> have been
0: handy to have during in quarantine. It'd be
1: good, good to have a professional uh, medicals, uh, professional there. Uh, I I rocked the Cody Hedlund. Like I thought, we hit it off pretty good. We haven't spent a ton of time around each other, but
0: and he would Headland's quite the chef too. He's been right. grilling up ribs. I mean, he's a his his famous dish though is pot roast. Make you feel right at home.
1: Nice.
2: I stole that recipe from Landy. Mom, she taught you Sorry. everything you know. Though. I get I get in trouble for calling her Landy, but that's a thing. Like in horse show world, like mom. Doesn't work because everybody's Landy. mom. Yeah, Landy. Right. Yeah. Landy, that's ho- how
1: you holler, mom, out to the open <laughs> pin and they're and all turning around.
2: Yeah, so Landy singles her out. She knows her name. There we go. That's good. But uh that's Landy's recipe. She's it
0: looked good, but I will smoke some ribs. I've seen that too.
2: That's pretty
0: solid quarantine households right there. If you ask me, two
2: massage chairs are better. Two, than two one. massage <laughs> chairs are way better than one. <laughs>
0: You guys could break down horse training film from
1: your from <laughs> right. your massage chairs at They're the end of every Or watch all evening. the seasons
2: of Criminal Minds. I mean, whatever.
1: <laughs> that, too. I'm on my third trip through Yellowstone right now.
0: <laughs> I'm really excited about uh, the season next season three. of Yellowstone. And that's starting in June. And I Father's think Day. right now is a great time for you to convince Cody Headland why. And, I mean, I, he works really hard. Don't get me wrong. He doesn't really have much time to watch. TV from his living room because he's either Busy. building fence, working horses, doctoring cattle, ranching. Think about those crews watching Joe Exotic with, too. It would be unreal to watch Joe, Joe Exotic. I have not I seen forgot Joe Exotic. You ha- that surprises me. Uh,
1: you know, and I and not really for any reason other than I don't have internet at the house, so I do, we don't do Netflix. And oh I didn't goodness. have time. Our, we actually had it planned that we were going to watch it while we were in the hospital having a kid and use their Wi-Fi, but we didn't. So. Wait, wait. Well, you just said you don't have internet at your house. No, we have like a hot. We have our phone hotspot. You know what I mean. But no, Dude, we're this guy's like podcaster. Like, t- I so feel like I feel hey, like so, he so for Mr. the listeners, Technology. K. Rudd sent me a text that he was going to share me on a Google Docs earlier, and I was like. What the hell is that? What in the world is a Google Docs? So I sent him back a text that said, you have to remember who you're talking to. I don't know what you're talking about right now.
0: Dude, oh you're goodness. a cowhorse influencer. You're a Western lifestyle influencer. I've just assumed that you had like the fast, I mean, out here in WIT, get as fast as internet as you can possibly get. It's not super fast, but.
1: Do you guys um, have HughesNet?
0: We have Sierra Network. Shout Sierra out! Network. Shout out, Scotty Rice.
1: Yeah. Oh, I need to get hooked up with. Hey, you. Yep. Sierra Networks. It's working actually a lap in,
2: pretty damn good out
1: here. Reach. Yeah,
0: that was the hardest thing for me to <laughs> adapt to, just because like I'm a city kid through and through. I grew up in city in Midland, was in Fort Worth, moved out here, and it's like there's no AT and Verse in wit. <laughs> like, what are <laughs> you, you talking about? Like, Whoa! <laughs> How does that
1: not work? So, Karin, I got a question for you. What about? Did you get to spend? much time in town with all the COVID crisis? Um, I
0: did kind of the first part. I was working. I'm a liquor rep, as some of our listeners know, with the Long Drink Company. And yeah, I mean, I was really, the situation was so fluid there right before uh, St. Patrick's Day uh, with Trump coming on, and they canceled March Madness and canceled it. I think I worked like the Monday and Tuesday after that, and I live right there in Clear Fork in the, in the hub of Fort Worth. Um, so it was weird just seeing like a, a city center of sorts just completely shut down. I mean, you have all these restaurants that are otherwise packed. I mean, it's a Friday. I drove through there on Friday nights going to, I eventually just came out to Witten and and hold up out here, but going and get my hunkered down, going and get my mail and stuff. Like it was so weird. You're driving through what, I mean, university park village right there by the Coliseum where the Apple store and ETs and stuff is all the cow horse people, all the cutting horse people know exactly where that is right across from old South. That's a, I mean, that's a very populated area. I mean, even on a Sunday morning when everyone's supposed to be in their house and really seeing just that whole area completely desolate for weeks and weeks. It was
1: just, it was weird. It was very odd. Well, I can't help but think there's a lot of listeners that don't, really have any grasp of what's happening in town you know and that's what has struck me like you drive through those towns like man how would you like to be socially distancing in that apartment complex you've got that four foot by four foot balcony outside your window and that's basically the expanse of what you're supposed to be able to see like i felt terrible for those people it's like a like mental life it's really like a mental
0: prison of yeah. sorts just because you can't you're not able to see your friends you're not able to see your family you're not able to go to work like you're I mean, there's tons of people that live in my apartment complex that that's exactly what they did. They hold up. They went to the grocery store. They ordered Uber Eats. I mean, that's the only thing that I wish we had out here was Uber Eats in favor of somebody to bring me Buffalo Wild Wings to my front door. <laughs> something
2: blessed to sort. live on 20 acres in a yeah I'm sure. Yeah, no, right. that's, that's honestly been just
0: really filling my time in the month of April with just, like, productive activities. Like, my dad and I, we changed the oil on all of our rolling stock, pressure washed. I mean, we did any and everything that you could possibly do odd job wise out here, just because it was like, I mean,
1: I don't like going to town anyway, so it didn't really affect me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's a good point though. So many people that are involved with just the Western lifestyle as a whole, are I mean, socially distancing is what they do on a regular basis when there's not a worldwide pandemic going on. So yeah, I mean, it was just, it's weird going into, I mean, it's just like the, the super stakes that we're supposed to be in Fort worth, every day for three weeks in the month of March and April. And we just weren't, I mean, I had all my Snapchat memories every morning. It was the most depressing thing. And not only that, not only the super stakes, but the breeders invitational too. just, I mean, that's for me, one of the highlights of my year is going to Tulsa and hanging out with all of our friends. I mean, you talk about the camaraderie and the cow horse, the same deal in the cutting. Like we go up there, we have dinner, we hang out at the stalls every night. We shelter, shelter in place during the tornadoes. Uh, so we're not really strangers to the whole sheltering place thing. Uh, being up in Tulsa, it's just because of
1: tornadoes and not global pandemics. But,
0: yeah, it's just a sobering sobering last couple of months, I'd say.
1: Did they decide what they're are they doing with the Super Stakes, or is it just...
0: Yeah, they they sent all the entries back. The Super Stakes is not going to occur not this year. Happen. And um, hopefully, the it looks things look uh, like they're... Kind of moving in the right direction for the NCHA summer cutting spectacular. Well, to take same place. with you
2: guys, too, for the NRCHA Derby, right? I mean, it's supposed to be in Vegas. Right. right?
1: No, we've, uh, I tell you what, we're going to end up not missing any shows. Our uh, our stakes, stallion stakes, that's supposed to happen in March, is gotten moved to August. In Scottsdale? In, no, it's in Vegas. Oh, it's in Vegas. It's going to be in Vegas in August. Yep, and then the They'd, derby from Paso Robles got moved to Scottsdale. Paso, because of the California. Right. California. And so we have not missed any majors and actually added a major this year, the East Coast Derby that's there in uh, – going to be in Cordova, Tennessee near Memphis in July. So, yeah, we are we missed a few weekend shows. But well, and also,
0: too, it's probably a good thing that but you guys don't have near as many shows as we do, and I think that contributes to right. some of the positive aspects of y'all's sport and a reason why – the turnout at a lot of those events is so big is because, Hey, like this is our one event that's going on in Tennessee. You're either coming or you're not
1: right. Or you're not showing, you know? Sure.
0: So, well, thank you, Chris, for coming over to wit, Texas from Perrin. long trip over being on the section K podcast. Um, We appreciate your friendship. We appreciate you coming on the show and uh, man, you guys keep up the, the phenomenal work over at cow horse, full contact. I know every Tuesday I'll be, Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember what days you guys. Yeah, play. they
1: can kind of just release them whenever. Whenever, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I, I uh, definitely just always be on, look forward be on your to. Toes. Yeah, be on your toes. Be sure to check out Cowhorse Full Contact on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, that new logo you guys just put out, pretty awesome. So, uh, like I said, be sure to check out Cowhorse Full Contact on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, and Chris, man, thanks so much for coming on the Section K podcast. Good luck the rest of the year, and you guys go get them out at Scottsdale at the NRCHA Derby.
1: I appreciate, it, K. Red. I appreciate you having me on, and it's a pleasure talking to you guys, Cody. Absolutely, we'll be seeing you. Yes, sir.
0: That about does it for this week's episode of the Section K podcast. Once again, a massive thank you to Mister Chris Dawson of Dawson Performance Horses, and of course, Cowhorse Full Contact head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even YouTube to check out those guys' podcasts. Uh, Can't thank Chris enough for taking time out of his schedule and coming on. We'll be seeing you guys down the road.
3: when I look back on all I've learned Most bridges still stand, yeah, but some lay burn Love that was made and the love that was lost It's been worth it despite all the cost. Promises were made, but most were broken Words I needed I always left unspoken Some say scars only heal with time So it seems I've left my hourglass glass behind When the road ends, though, I'll find another way I'll follow that sunset to brighter days So let's raise a glass to our memories Hope we have many more times just like these Cause before you know it, my friend, we'll be gone, gone and hopefully you have someone to love Hold them tight and raise your glass above Before you know it, my friend, will be Gone, long, gone, gone, long, gone A loving Lady Luck, and half day trains. So I'll wait and right till they come back again. We'll watch another sunset slowly fade away, and save our last words for another day. Then we'll all celebrate, yeah, we'll all laugh and dance. We'll do it all so nothing's even left to chance. As long as there's a drink and a few good friends, we'll ride this train until it ends. So hop on board, won't you please come along Cause the times we shared are what made this song So let's raise a glass to our memories And hope we have many more times just like these Cause before you know it, my friend, will be gone, long oh, gone And hopefully you have someone to love Hold them tight and raise your glass above Cause before you know it, my friend, will be Gone long, gone, gone, long, gone. So I'll keep on going, I'll keep on trucking. You tie me down, I won't stop bucking. Gonna keep picking on these six strings. One day you'll see what my music brings And I'll thank all the ones who said to never quit And I'll laugh at all the others who gave me shit Regrets, they travel hand in hand with age My remedy's waiting for me up on center stage One day I'll be up here, yeah, in the spotlight Just doing what I love and everything will be alright Everything's gonna be alright Oh, everything will be alright tonight So let's raise a glass to our memories And hope we have many more times just like these Cause before you know it, my friend, we'll be gone, mahong, gone And hopefully you have someone to love Hold them tight and raise your glass above Cause before you know it, my friend, we'll be Gone long gone, you're yeah, gone long gone.